Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thank you so much for making this podcast your first listen each day. Today, I will be joining Mike DeBate, the host of Locked On Patriots, for our weekly crossover Thursday show. We'll be talking Jets-Patriots Week 7 action, ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shortly, I'll be joining Mike DeBate, the host of Locked On Patriots, for our weekly crossover Thursday show. It's always great to get together with Mike. You learn a lot about the New England Patriots. He is an expert on that team. But the Jets are coming out of their bye, and I think it's always interesting when the team is coming out of its bye to take a look at the first injury report because it gives you information on who may be coming back, who used the week off to really heal up, and whether there were some surprise injuries we did not know about it. And there was some good news and some bad news for the Jets on the Wednesday injury report. Now, each week, teams put out injury reports after practice on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So yesterday, we got the first post-buy injury report. And the good news is that Marcus May did practice. He was a limited participant as he looks to return from his ankle injury, but the Jets could certainly use some safety help. Now, at the tight end position, Tyler Croft did not practice. He's been dealing with a back injury. The Jets' tight end position is not great, but I think of the uninspiring options the Jets have, Croft is probably the best Croft not playing means more Ryan Griffin, and I'm not sure that's what we want to see. I think we probably see too much Ryan Griffin as it is. In any event, the big injury, though, is C.J. Mosley. Mosley missed practice on Wednesday. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury that he apparently suffered in the loss to Atlanta in London just before the bye. If he cannot go, Jamie and Sherwood would take over the Mike linebacker role. That would be a tough spot to put him in. I would presume that Sherwood would become the guy who has the radio headset. Now, if you're not familiar with this in the NFL on offense, the quarterback has a radio in his helmet that the coach can relay plays to. And on defense, each team is allowed to designate one player to receive the call from the defensive coaches. And this was actually a response to Spygate all the way back in 2007 when the Jets and Patriots were playing because the Patriots were stealing the Jets' signals. And one of the ways the league responded to it was they allowed one defensive player on each team to wear a radio headset so that the coaches did not have to signal in the defensive play so that they could directly communicate with one player. So I presume Sherwood would take that role. And Mosley would be a big loss. I mean, I don't think there's any question to it. I would say Mosley's kind of been the glue that's held the defense together so far. Now, listen, he hasn't been perfect. I think, like, he hasn't been as perfect as you think. When you watch the film, you see sometimes he's filling the wrong gaps. Sometimes there have been a few lapses in coverage. But he's been an important player for this defense, especially a very young defense. So you certainly would hope that he'll be ready to go. Robert Salad did express some degree of optimism. He said that they have not ruled Mosley out yet. So we'll keep our eye on this situation as the week progresses. But if he can't go and Sherwood takes over his role, well, that's another young player. There's lots of inexperience on this team. 
and you hope that you get these veterans in there and may being may getting back would also help the team quite a bit you know this is a, like i said a very young defense you want the stable veteran presences as many of them as you can have if you're going to be playing this many rookies but ahead here on our show i'm going to join mike debate to talk jets patriots mike will lead us back in here on the locked on podcast network We'll be talking Jets-Patriots with Mike DeBate in just a moment. You hope over the bye week the Jets were able to fix some of the things that were wrong with the team in the first five games. If you want to fix your car or truck, go to rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com New England Patriots fans and New York Jets fans. We're always happy to see each other, and I don't say that tongue-in-cheek, folks. You know we are. Right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, it is Crossover Thursday. And these two teams play each other twice in a very compact period of time. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to break this one down for you from a Pats perspective and a Jets perspective. Because today, here on the pod, myself, Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, and John Butchko, host of the Locked On Jets podcast, Cross the streams for this AFC East divisional matchup. John, it's always an honor, always a privilege to have you join me here on Crossover Thursday for these crossovers, bud. You know, Mike, we were talking just before we hit the record button, and I was mentioning to you about how this has become one of my favorite shows. We've gotten the chance to work together the last couple of years on these crossover shows, and it's always great to chat Jets Patriots. Absolutely. Uh, You bring the Jets knowledge the way only you can. Several of my listeners have already reached out to me uh, anticipating this matchup and anticipating this particular crossover. Uh, I always love being able to share the microphone with you on this. And, uh, you know, these two teams see each other a lot, John. Uh, We get to talk to each other a lot on these crossovers, which is a good thing. But these two teams do see each other quite frequently. And the last time these two teams saw one another was in the month of September. Uh, it was a 25-6 to New England Patriots victory over the Jets in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. And, you know, but a lot is being made out of the dichotomy between the two rookie quarterbacks. Mac Jones had a pretty serviceable game last time around, 22 of 30, 186 yards. But, of course, everyone was talking about Zach Wilson in the uh, aftermath of that game 19 of 33, 210 yards, and of course, four interceptions. John, as we look to week seven now, these two teams are going to see each other for the second time. Obviously, there's more familiarity in terms of what to expect from both sides. Looking at Wilson's performance last time and how he's grown a little bit as a quarterback since the last time these two teams locked horns in East Rutherford, how do you think this Jets offense is going to look to move the ball against the Patriots' defense that looks stout at times, but does have its weaknesses as well. Well, you know, Mike, it's funny because that was a game the Patriots obviously won, and they won it quite handily. The final score, I think, was 25-6, to 19-point victory. But in some ways, I kind of left that game encouraged from the Jets' standpoint because I think 
for the most part, the Jets were pretty equal to the Patriots in that game. But there was one big exception, and that exception was pretty glaring. It was Zach Wilson throwing four interceptions. I think if you look at the way the Jets played in the trenches on both sides of the ball, they held their own. I thought they covered pretty well. I thought they ran the ball pretty well in that game. It just came down to Zach Wilson having an awful game. And I compare it to a very famous game these two teams played a couple of years ago on Monday night. And of course, I, I don't like to talk about it, but it was the game where Sam Darnold was spooked by mystical <laughs> beings, so to say. Uh, and I think about that game and, you know, that was a dominant Patriots defense and Belichick. I mean, you, you, when you watch the film, you saw the Patriots just totally confused. Darnold. You could see why a young quarterback would be confused. Whereas Wilson's performance in that game, it seemed just more like he was throwing to covered receivers. It was just a bunch of self-inflicted wounds. Wilson's been up and down and he was never more down through the first five games of the season than he was that week two performance against new England I think at this point, Zach Wilson's kind of like two different players. The guy who's in the pocket is, quite frankly, somebody who looks like a rookie. He's shaky. He has trouble reading defenses. He still needs to kind of speed up his process. You could see at points where the speed of the NFL is really giving him problems because there were throws that were open at BYU that he's waiting too long to make in the NFL. And then you have Zach Wilson operating from outside the structure of the play, where he's evading pressure, where he's on the move to his left or his right. Sometimes he's pointing down the field. There was a touchdown he threw to Corey Davis against the Tennessee Titans, where he pretty much instructed Davis to break off his route. He pointed Davis. Davis was running across the field. He pointed Davis to go long because the Titans had a little breakdown in coverage there. And that's the player who the Jets saw when they drafted him second overall. That's the playmaking guy, the guy who can create outside the structure of the plays. So right now, Zach Wilson's, you know, kind of two different quarterbacks. And I think the Jets need to figure out ways to get him moving outside the pocket. They need to kind of simplify the reads for him because when he's forced to sit in the pocket and read the whole field, he's kind of overwhelmed, which is not that unusual for a rookie quarterback. Now, I have a little bit of concern about the extent to which Wilson's struggling from within the pocket, but he's capable of making big plays. And when things break down, that's where he's been at his best this year. Absolutely. Very, very good insight. And I'm glad that you mentioned that about Wilson, because there was a different type of feel to the game that he had, as opposed to the Donald fiasco and seeing ghosts and whatnot. And we're closing in on Halloween. So you know that a lot of people are going to be using that analogy this weekend in Foxborough, even though I don't think it's applicable here. I don't think the Patriots are going to do that to Wilson. And I don't think Wilson is going to respond in that kind. I look for him to improve and I look for him to be a little bit more comfortable against the Patriots defense. Of course, I don't expect it to be by leaps and bounds, but we'll get to that in probably just a little bit. But uh, you were right. I thought the Jets held their own in that game very much so. I thought they rushed the ball effectively, outrushed the Patriots in that game, 152 yards as opposed to 101 yards for the Patriots on the ground. So there was a lot of good trench play that you saw for the Jets, and they're building on something. Don't forget, a big factor in this game is that the Jets have had two weeks to prepare for this. Patriots coming off of a lack of a better term. I can't believe I'm going to use this term. My listeners are going to be very upset with me for this, but a deflating loss to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday where they had several chances to be able to maybe steal a win there and just were unable to get it done. So New England definitely has their 
work cut out for them because this is still a team that can not only beat you through the air, but they can run the ball effectively. Michael Carter rushed for 59 yards the last time around. Johnson had 50 yards. Coleman had 24. So there are capabilities. And, you know, Zach Wilson can tuck the ball and run himself. We've seen him do that several times. He is capable of extending plays with his legs as well. So Patriots definitely have to be uh, um, concerned about what the Jets can do there. When it comes to the defensive side of the ball, and one of the big topics of conversation over the course of the next couple of days, John, as I'm sure you're aware, is going to be the health of C.J. Mosley. Mosley was a monster last time these, these two teams played. Ten total tackles, seven solo. This is a guy that just is right in the thick of things every single time the Jets run a defensive game plan. Josh McDaniels, um, Patriots offensive coordinator, was effusive in his praise of C.J. Mosley when he spoke to the media on Tuesday up here in New England, saying he was one of the best linebackers in the league and that every time the Patriots tried to throw something at C.J. to confuse him, they were unable to do it. He just he would not fall for it. He just would not bite for it. Now, obviously, CJ is listed as day to day right now with a hamstring injury. We heard earlier um, head coach Robert Sala said that he would not practice on Wednesday and that his status would be day to day, although he is optimistic and hopeful that he'll be able to play. In the event that C.J. Mosley is unable to suit up in this game, how much of a concern is that for you with the Jets game plan this weekend? And what will the Jets do to try to counteract the Patriots offense? I'd say it's a pretty big concern. Uh, Mosley is what I would consider the glue that holds this defense together. Now, the Jets have the youngest roster in the NFL. They have given the most snaps to rookies so far this season. And a lot of those are coming on the defensive side of the ball. Mosley is maybe the one veteran presence in the back of this defense. Now, Marcus May has been injured. He would be another. And I believe he did return to practice on Wednesday. So we'll see about his status. But Mosley's been a really important part of this defense. And what's been interesting this year is he's kind of reinvented his game. He dropped weight in the offseason because the Jets were changing to Robert Sala's scheme, which requires linebackers to run. It's more of a sideline to sideline runbacker type system than the one Greg Williams ran, which required, I think, linebackers to shed blocks a little bit more. I don't think you can overstate how significant Mosley is, what an important leader he is on this defense, making sure guys get lined up correctly. Now, the one thing I will say is that because you have so much youth, this is not an overly complex defense. So you're not going to have mostly moving guys around quite to the same extent he would in other systems. But, yeah, I would agree with the assessment of Josh McDaniels. He's been excellent this season. He's been all over the field. Whenever the Jets have needed to, uh, somebody to make a play, he's been there. There was one play against the Tennessee Titans where on a critical third down, he changed the play at the line, which he apparently did not even have the authority to do. To do. And Robert Sala talked at a later press conference about how they, the coaching staff was going crazy because they're like, he's not supposed to be doing that. Well, he was right. The Jets were in the wrong defensive call for the play call Tennessee had. So Mosley got them out, got them into a better play call, and the Jets were able to get a stop on third down. So he's about as important of a player as the Jets have on this defensive side of the ball. And if he's not in there, I think it's a big loss. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely think it is a big loss. And look, that's not to say that the Jets will not be able to compete or anything like that if they are unable, uh, you know, to uh, to suit uh, uh, CJ up for Sunday, because let's face it. I mean, there's still a pretty stout front seven there, whether you're talking about Franklin Myers, whether you're talking about Rankins, Quinn and Williams, still one of the, uh, the you know, the, the really big, uh, you know, glue factors in that uh, ability as well. Um, you know, Bryce Huff, these guys are going to want to stall a Patriots offense that 
wants to get their run game going and wants to be able to have Mac Jones continue to feel comfortable in the pocket so he can make the throws that he needs to make. And that's been a challenge for New England. Their offensive line has been really much in flux. And I know we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But at the same time, I think you bring up a very interesting point about Mosley being the glue for that, uh, uh, you know, defensive unit. And, you know, as well, I mean, this is a, uh, um, a secondary right now with the Jets that could give you some stout coverage or could be, you know, really, I think, right for the Dickens at times as well. So it's going to depend on how the Patriots approach this game offensively as to whether or not how much of a competition uh, that it's going to be between these two units. Before we make this a traditional crossover, John, and before we cross the streams and you put me on the hot seat, Obviously, you cover the Jets on a daily basis. You know this team inside and out. If you had to pick an X factor for Sunday's game, or even just a player that really has been so instrumental, someone we haven't talked about yet, who should Patriots fans be weary of as we head into this Week 7 matchup? I think I would go with Bryce Hall, who's the second-year corner for the Jets. He was drafted in the fifth round last year out of Virginia, and he was a guy who was rated at least talent-wise, as a maybe a day two. Some people would even argue a day one pick. The issue with him was that he suffered a pretty serious injury that ended his college career. And because of the pandemic, he was not able to make visits to teams. They were not able to get a sense of where he was medically. And he fell to the Jets in the fifth round. He missed about the first half of last year, got some playing time near the end of the season. He was up and down. But this year, the Jets were counting quite a bit on him. I was surprised how little the Jets did in the offseason that corner. It was one thing to maybe have Bryce Hall compete to be your number two corner. You know, maybe he's in a camp battle. They pretty much handed him the number one corner job. And so far, he's held up very well. Now, he hasn't really faced a big-time receiver yet. When the Jets faced Tennessee, they were without both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. The Falcons were without Calvin Ridley in the Jets' last game in London. But he's been excellent so far. Corner was a big concern for the Jets entering this season, and Bryce Hall so far has been up to the task. So he'd probably be my one player, but if I was to go beyond just picking players, I think the X factor is, can the Jets get off to a decent start in this game? The Jets have had the worst first quarter offense in the NFL, and while their defense has been pretty good overall, they've also had the worst first quarter defense in the NFL. So it's a question, and I mean, I don't think there are any simple answers, but Have the coaches figured out what's been going wrong in the bye week? Because the Jets are coming off their bye. The first five games, the Jets have been horrible in the first quarter. And that's one of the biggest reasons they're entering this game one and four. So if I'm going beyond players, my X factor is can the Jets get off to a better start than they've done the rest of the season? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that the Patriots are probably keeping an eye on and something that they need to watch themselves. When the Pats get off to a hot start, they are right in the thick of games. When they start to struggle to be able to put points on the board and find themselves playing from behind, this is not the same Patriots juggernaut in years past that could come storming back. They have the ability to come back but it's a lot more difficult, especially with the personnel that they're putting out. And I'm glad you mentioned Hall. Uh, Hall in the previous game that these two teams played, six total tackles, five of them solo, one tackle for a loss. Uh, I really think that uh, this kid can be uh, an X factor on that Jets defense. So we'll definitely continue to take a look at him. And Patriots fans, you have been given a tremendous amount of information regarding the Jets as my good friend and colleague John Butchko is able to provide that wisdom and counsel the way only he can. But it would not be a traditional crossover here on the Locked On Podcast Network 
if we didn't flip the script and John puts me on the hot seat. We'll talk New England Patriots and their strategy heading into week seven when this Locked On crossover Thursday continues. My friend Mike DeBate is about to give us some great insight on the New England Patriots. And if you want to use that insight to make some money, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the football action this season. And it's also your number one spot for basketball action as the NBA season has tipped off. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. John Butchko from Locked On Jets, along with Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots, previewing an AFC East matchup. It's the Jets and the Patriots Sunday from Foxborough. And in this segment, I'm going to ask Mike some questions from the Patriots' perspective. And Mike, we began our last segment with you asking me about Zach Wilson. Of course, the Patriots also have a rookie quarterback. What can you tell us about Mac Jones's trajectory through the early part of this season? Well, I think everything that I've said is probably things that have been said across the board when it comes to Mac Jones. Tremendously accurate, uh, showing a poise and a confidence in his ability that really I think I've said several times is beyond his years. And what I mean by that essentially, John, is that he is running this offense when he needs to uh, with a calmness, uh, with a confidence, and really with a little bit of a swagger. And you saw that especially on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, throwing a pick six an ill-advised pass, definitely not the way that Mac wanted to begin that drive without any question. And when he did that, it really kind of lit something inside him. You saw him kind of sit there, very sullen on the sidelines, but got right back up and said to himself, I'm not only going to try almost the same type of route again, target the same player, but I'm going to go right at the defensive back, one of the most prolific defensive backs in the league in Trayvon Diggs, and I'm going to go at him in this uh, regard, and I'm going to go right back to the scene of the crime. He did that, and it was very, very impressive. But overall, uh, Mac just has just shown an ability to fit into the way the Patriots love to run their offense. Timing-based, um, quick, accurate throws that reach the receiver on time and where only the receiver can catch it. The problem with Mac right now is that he hasn't always gotten the protection that he needs to be able to make throws. And that is where he starts to look like a rookie when he doesn't have the time, when he's under duress, you see him make uh, ill-advised throws or really, uh, you know, have difficulty holding on to the football. So if I'm the New York Jets, I'm watching this and I want to make Mac Jones as uncomfortable in the pocket as possible. I want him to be confused. Uh, I want him to not feel, uh, you know, uh, like he has the ability to make completions. I want him to make throws off of his legs, things that he's not comfortable doing, because that's where this team can really, I think, get after him and make things difficult. But overall, I mean, Patriots fans definitely have to be pleased from what they've seen with Mac uh, through the first six games, completing well over 70% of his passes, almost 80%. Uh, this kid is definitely as accurate as advertised. He just needs to put some of the minor intangibles all together 
in order to really grow into the type of quarterback that he can be. But the Patriots have a good one for the future. There's no question about it. Now, Mike, you mentioned that there are some issues Mac Jones has when he's under pressure. Who have been the weak links up front for the Patriots on the offensive line? It's difficult to say because I think in a lot of ways, uh, some of the problems that the Patriots have had from the offensive line have been injury related. A couple of weeks ago, they were without their entire starting left side. Uh, they were without um, the uh, the services of Isaiah Wynn and Michael Wayne, who both prolific, uh, very productive uh, linemen. Both of those guys were on COVID reserve. Now, Awenu is a, is a really interesting uh, situation because he has been so highly graded at the left guard position taking over for Joe Tooney, but his natural position is actually right tackle, and he played it so well last year for the New England Patriots. He was one of the highest graded rookies by pro football focus at that uh, position. Right now, Owenu is taking some snaps at right tackle with Trent Brown being out on injured reserves. So could he be slotted over into that position, leaving Isaiah Wynn at left tackle and maybe having Ted Karras come in and play left guard? If that's the situation and that's how the, the Patriots are going to play it, that would probably be their best option. Um, obviously, right tackle, because Owenu is taking snaps there, uh, it's been one of their weaker spots. Uh, Yasser Durant, Justin Harone have tried to fill in adequately uh, for the loss of Trent Brown, but it really, really hasn't gone all that well, to be totally honest with you. Heron has played a little bit better playing on the left side in a reserve role. Last couple of weeks has been a starting role because Wynn hasn't been able to go, but at the same time, that's really been their Achilles heel, and that's where they're losing a lot of battles. Um, even at right tackle last week, they still had difficulty. Yannick just uh, came in, made the start, uh, was badly beaten by Randy Gregory, and that really led to uh, one of the harder sacks I've seen Mac Jones take in his collegiate career or his professional career. So um, there are ways to get to the quarterback, and the Patriots do have some cracks in the seams when it comes to the offensive line. If I'm the New England Patriots, I'm looking to correct that ASAP because you know that aggressive Jets uh, defensive front is going to try to get after Mac Jones as much as they can. Yeah, I was watching the Patriots-Cowboys game, and I saw that sack Randy Gregory had on Mac Jones, and I got to tell you, I felt pain from it. I can't imagine what Mac Jones must have felt. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people were feeling that way. As a matter of fact, when we saw him jog out onto the field on Wednesday, uh, and it looked like he was healthy and ready to go, uh, it was definitely a big, a big sigh of relief for uh, New England Patriots fans, uh, the media, and of course, I know the team uh, uh, was definitely glad to see that as well. Uh, looking at Mac and knowing that he was going to be okay, especially after that shot, you had to wonder if he was going to have some ill effects. And if he is, it's, it's definitely not showing. It's minor at best. Now, of course, the Patriots were very active in free agency this year. Can you tell us which players have worked out and which signings maybe through the early stages of the season Patriots fans are regretting? Uh Regret's probably a tough word to use. I'll address that in just a minute. But I think the easiest one to address uh, and uh, determine who is, uh, without a doubt, their favorite signing uh, for this team has got to be Matt Judon. He continues to be uh, one of the most prolific defenders on this team, arguably their best defender. And I think that uh, when you look at a team that employs uh, several veterans on this squad, like a Dante Hightower or a De uh, Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, uh, J.C. Jackson, obviously, being the number Number one corner now in the absence of Stefan Gilmore for Judon to be able to come in and not just change the complexity of that defensive uh, uh, you know, front and that the pass rush really in the linebacking core 
but also set the standard as to what he's doing. Six and a half sacks. Uh, he's already uh, he's tied for third in the NFL already on pace to shatter his uh, season high, which is nine. Um, he's doing just amazing things uh, for the Patriots on the defensive side of the ball. So Judon has been the biggest breath of fresh air when it comes to guys that were brought in and uh, guys that are really being productive. Jonu Smith at the tight end position has been getting a little bit of a backlash from the fan base. Everybody's looking at him saying, well, the Patriots brought him in and he really hasn't been the effective pass catcher or the route runner or the jet sweep option that everybody thought he would be. Patriots are actually employing him more as a blocking tight end than they are as a receiving tight end, which surprises me. I actually thought it would have been the other way around with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, at least at first. Uh, but Jonu is still getting used to a new quarterback. He's getting used to a new offensive system. And in a lot of ways, that can be uh, a tough learning curve. So I think a lot of uh, people are going to be coming around on John Smith uh, uh, fairly soon. Um, I know he hasn't really put up the numbers that a lot of people had hoped. But that being said, go and take a look at the impact he's had in the game in a number of different ways. And I'm pretty satisfied with what John Smith has had to offer. But he would probably be the one considering the contract, considering the hype, that Patriots fans may not be as enamored with as they thought prior to going into the season. Uh, but without a question, I mean, Judon is definitely at the top of the list in terms of free agents that uh, really has just endeared himself to the entirety of the fan base. All right, Mike. Well, with my last question, I'm going to turn the tables on you. When you were asking me questions, you wanted a Jets X factor. Tell me about a Patriots player who we haven't discussed yet, who you think could make an impact on this game. Uh, that's actually a really, really good question. I think a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, can look at the uh, the Patriots roster from top to bottom, go either offense or go defense. Um, right now, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go offense, and I'm going to go with a rookie running back named Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson started the season very auspiciously. He had a fumble toward the goal line uh, as the Patriots were making a drive in the opening moments of week one against the Miami Dolphins, and then all of a sudden, Stevenson just disappeared from the lineup uh, after committing the fumble. He earned his way into what I've been calling on locked on Patriots, the Belichickian equivalent of double secret probation. He just, then nobody wanted to see him. He wasn't going to get the ball and he needed to work on ball security. A few things have happened since then that have kind of put Stevenson back in the lineup, whether it's by default or whether it's by design. Uh, the Patriots obviously suffered the season ending injury to James White. J.J. Taylor hasn't emerged as that type of a third down player that they thought would be. Uh, the equivalent there. Damian Harris has had his issues with injuries and whatnot, and he's trying to carry the load. Brandon Bolden has done a fairly decent job, but Brandon is an elder statesman on that uh, running back course. So if the Patriots are going to look to establish the run, you saw seedlings of it last week against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Ramondre didn't have, uh, you know, tremendous stats. He had uh, 11 carries for uh, for 23 yards, but did have 39 yards receiving as well. So this is a kid that can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think he's going to be probably more of an option on third down this week. And if I'm the Jets, I'm looking at him on third down because he may be able to take a little bit of what James White used to do. And dare I say, maybe do it with a little bit more power. So that could be an X factor in terms of who may have an impact in this game on Sunday. Well, Mike, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. It's great that we were able to do this two times in the first seven weeks of the season. The only problem with it is that means we can't do it again for the rest of the season. 
<laughs> I know that is that definitely is a problem unless these two teams have a dramatic turnaround and for some reason the football gods put both of these teams in the playoffs and we happen to go one-on-one with each other folks I wouldn't bet on that but in any case you never know for sure but uh, this is always uh, a lot of fun uh, these two teams I know have a very heated rivalry the fans love to get into it uh, but uh, I know you have tremendous respect for the organization that I cover in the New England Patriots. And I can tell you, honestly, I have tremendous respect for the Jets, their organization, and the budding team that they're building down there in East Rutherford. Uh, It may be still a year away, folks, but once this comes together, uh, this is going to be a special club. They've got uh, good uh, coaching on both sides of the ball. And I'm looking forward to a lot of crossovers here for uh, years to come. But in the meantime, my friend, we'll enjoy this one on Sunday. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, give it a five-star review and subscribe, please, where podcasts are found. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.